I haven't spent much time working today. Hopefully none, <laughs> nobody at work listens, but today was just one of those days. And uh, yeah, I guess that can just be cut content, huh? <laughs> um. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 16 of season 5 of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. And Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. <laughs> this week, as we prepare for Fair State, we reached out to our old friend Harrison Watt, and we told he told us that we should talk to the guy who replaced him at Fair State. So the new guy said yes uh, after a little bit of screw-up of the time we would record this, but uh, thanks for jo- joining us today, Brody Kaiser. Thanks for having me, guys. Really looking forward to it. All right. Thanks for coming on. Uh, this week, we'll talk about Michigan Tech series in Bemidji. We'll talk about my weekend traveling. Uh, I'm sure that'll come up. We'll also get an update from Brody on how the Bulldogs have been this season and what to expect this weekend in Houghton. And we'll do a little preview of the series with the Bulldogs up in Houghton. Anything else we want to talk about, guys? Nope. We'll find something. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find plenty <laughs> of things to talk about to to make enough content. We never have a problem with that. All right, let's do a the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Brody Kaiser. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech dot net. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at FibkeDental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. All right. So uh, Michigan Tech had a home series against, or a road series against uh, Bemidji State. Um, Huskies traveled over there. Friday night was a pretty darn impressive victory, I would say. Like it might have been the best like start to finish game they've had. I'll put it that way. That yeah, I right? think so. Yeah. Right. Um. Again, I got I had to watch on my phone while we were yeah, me too out because we had friends in town and I wasn't allowed to stay home. So 
I had to had to watch more of it on the phone than I normally would like to, but uh, it it was good. I, I it was I was grumpy to not be here because chat has been very angry about a certain player uh, all year not having <laughs> points. Yeah, and what does he do this weekend? I think he had five points over the whole weekend, right, Kataroth? <laughs> I think I don't know he what he did. Uh, I know I don't know what he did Saturday night, but I know Michigan Tech reported that he was in on every goal Friday night. Yeah, uh, but CHN still has um doesn't have his assist on the Lori Raymond goal, um but yeah he he scored two goals started off the scoring, um had a great game assisted on the empty netter I was actually hoping that Jack Works would pass it back to him so we could have three hat tricks in a row but ah, has uh, that ever that's happened okay. before I don't know I don't think that has I haven't looked I guess I haven't looked before two thousand three to games. see but it's been a long yeah. time <laughs> if it has happened um. But yeah, getting off to a two goal lead in the first, giving up one, then getting one back. Like they never trailed. You know, it got a little sketchy after the uh the Angstrom power play goal in the third. But overall, I thought it was a good uh Michigan Tech game. Um probably took a few more penalties than you like, but the power the penalty kill was good ish, giving up only one goal on five chances. Um eighty percent penalty kill. That's more, yes. That's that's decent enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy with I that. I think you'd like to have it a little better, but you can't have it better with five chances. Like one on five is, you take that. Um, yep. Agreed. Out, outshot them 30 to 20, uh, almost even on faceoffs, never got outshot in a period. Like, yeah, I think that's pretty much, like, I don't think that's far from what Joe would want to script if he could script the game, basically. No, it was great. And then we go into Saturday night where... We um have like just a weird opposite from what I watched, right? When I looked at when I when I grabbed my phone, I got to start watching it a little late. There was already a goal because we scored in the first minute, <laughs> right? Right. On our first shot. And then I believe the second goal was on the second shot, right? So I believe shots, it was goals. for two shots, but the second shot didn't come for eight more minutes. Yeah. Right. So two shots, two goals, and we only have three shots in the entire period. And it mm-hmm. was just, it was a weird, the whole game a... overall is just weird. When you, when right. you start off with the two shots on two, uh, two goals on two shots, and that's the only scoring in the first period. Then you tack on a power play goal, get another goal to go up four nothing. At which point at most techs got 12 shots. I don't know how many of them actually happen by the, by the fourth goal, but to have only 12 shots and four goals after two periods, like that's, weird right and and it goes back to i think saratori said it best like in his post game he point blank said sports is weird yeah yeah saratori <laughs> had another i remember watching uh whatever post game i think it was i don't know if it was friday or saturdays but it, it was a typical saratori type comment of you know he, he just makes you laugh i also love the fact that bemidji state's media area has a dark everything except for the incredibly white headphones they use. So <laughs> anybody that puts those things on in there just looks absurd. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> They're just bright, bright white, and they stand out against their their media background there really, really badly. <laughs> yeah. And Saratori's bald head makes it look even better. It's fa- it's perfect. <laughs> but yeah, what a what a weird weird game. You go up four to nothing. Yeah, I was out 
we were at a restaurant with friends in town. I'm like, ah, it's for another. I don't gotta pay that much attention now. Look down, another goal. Look down, I mean, another goal. Look down. Like, all right, crap, it's four three. One yeah. more period. This is gonna turn around and get better. And boom, like right away, uh, uh, they score pretty much immediately in the third period. You yeah. know, to bring it uh, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it, then, like, it, and if you look at just the box score and have no idea the timing of the goals, it just looks like a a not great day for Michigan Tech. Uh, like the good thing is you scored four goals on twenty shots, but you got outshot thirty-two to twenty. You took twice as many penalties you gave up two power play goals on six chances you scored one on three you won the face-off battle somehow like that's crazy that they had thir- they won 39 out, out of and Bemidji won 29 yet yeah you can't get more shots on goal with all that with winning that many face-offs like it's um like if you just look at the box score you're not really surprised Michigan Tech lost that game with the shot disparity the penalty disparity and all that stuff and then you dig deeper and you're like oh my god they were up four nothing and they couldn't right. hang on yeah and, yep. it, it makes it painful yeah because it's not like because the first thing you you realize is like they probably shouldn't have been up four nothing not that those weren't legit goals it's just like you didn't you didn't produce enough shots to to likely like it's a it little fluky that you score four on how often shots. does four nothing not win you a hockey game? I mean, right, right. That's uh, but when you're that's... getting outshot like seventeen to twelve through two periods, like you're not expecting necessarily to to keep a shutout. Uh, no, and that kind but of thing. Seventeen but... to twelve isn't bad either. Then you go into the third and get outshot, you know, eight to fifteen. That that tells the story there a little bit more. Yeah, you know that the shot count being what it is with the you know bunch of penalties in each. In each one, I think we also had the, was it, uh, yeah, it was, I think, Friday night where, or Saturday night where we had the, we, we're on the power play and we take a penalty penalty. I hate those. Those are, <laughs> like, one of my biggest pet peeves as a fan is seeing us be on the man advantage and just decide we don't want it and uh, we take a penalty, which I'm, I'm almost positive that that was, uh, yep, that, that is the penalty that led them to their their third goal, I think. Yeah, right? the the. So, we had a power play at 1709 of the second period, then yep. took a penalty at 1751, and then ultimately gave up a power play goal after uh the Bemidji penalty cleared. Yeah, and those style those style of penalties and, and that style of you know lack of discipline there is it can be that's that's frustrating to watch sometimes. Very much. But, yeah, that's one thing that the team definitely needs to get a little more of a handle on, you know, this year is there's there's been a lot more a lot more penalty time it feels like than usual for a tech team. What did so so Joe said on on his show a while ago that he was going to get max two games in the next four which ended before this series and he did it. He played uh Blake on Friday and Max on Saturday I believe both weekends. I think they have that right. What are your thoughts on him like we had good success compared to before that? I think splitting and makes he, sense. And I he mean, chose not to do that this weekend. Yeah, I don't, Bemidji, I don't what think, do you think there's anything wrong with splitting. Uh, yeah. I, I think it, it's well warranted until one of them dominates enough to make it make sense. I have no problem with splitting. Yeah. You know? Blake hasn't Blake hasn't played well enough to for you to not split them at this point. Yeah, not that and he's it, playing awful, but he's not lights out like he has been in the past. There's no reason to not play Max. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is like I said, I think last week where 
Blake and Max are not. It's not like Blake and Max are the same kind of goalie. No, they play that very I, that different. I think, I think it's, it's fun to watch really, the difference. Yeah, I think it's really good for Michigan Tech to play both of them because it forces the opponent to figure out how to beat both of them. Like it, they they don't play the same game. It's not like they're mere images or anything. So it's it's more challenging for the the for Bemidji to maybe crack the code when you only get sixty minutes of each of them, kind of thing. Um, I you guys split goalies do you kind of feel that same way about how ferris does it like do the goalies play a different game too i mean i think logan and noah probably play a little bit more similar than 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 blake and max maybe do but um you know i i think it's a good point that you still gotta as an opposing team i would imagine it, it throws a curveball into at least the the shots that you're looking at you know you're you're playing against a different type of goalie and one might be a little bit more aggressive than the other one might come out and play pucks a little more heavily. One might not rotate quite as well. And that, uh, that changes things, but I, I, I'm not really sure what goes into the strategy, I guess, behind having two goalies. I just know that it's nice to have that option where, where if you, you know, feel like something's not going right or one guy's not playing well. And like you were talking about earlier too, you know, if, if one of them hasn't really separated themselves, it, it's a luxury to have that other guy that can go in. And it, it's weird too, for Michigan tech, because thinking back to last season, you know, it, I watched Blake just dominate us uh, in Ava Glaben on, on the Friday night game. And I think we lost that game one to nothing. Yeah. And uh, you, you think you give him a four a Oh lead and there's no way that he loses that game. Right. But mm. hockey's a weird sport. So it happens. Yeah. And I do wonder too, it's hard not to wonder what impact Jamie Phillips moving on to work on his, his uh, residency for, for becoming a doctor has impacted the goaltending because it does feel like I know they're both still good goaltenders, but, but Blake isn't saving Michigan tech as much as he did last year. And, uh, and it just, he's obviously not playing at his best. Not that he's been the problem, uh, but you have to wonder if, if there's some issue because Jamie isn't around with confidence or, or Jamie's better at noticing like these minor things that might be causing some of the slight differences. Cause it's not like it's uh, like, it's not like I notice things that, that Blake's doing that are different, but obviously like, I don't know those little things that, uh, that a guy who's been a goalie coach for a couple of years and played goalie for how long can notice. Not that Joe can't, but um, I just think it's always like one of the things we've always said is that it's just different. The, the relationship between goalie coach and goalie is different than no matter how much the head coach knows how to play goalie. Like it's just a different relationship. And I think it's harder to, to work on things and, and not having somebody that's, that's got that experience as one of the coaches. It might be a problem. I don't know. It's hard to say for sure. And it's hard to, to, to blame anything, anyone for anything when it's been what nine games. I forget now how many we're at. Is that right? Sounds right. Looking. Is it nine or 11? I forget. 11, I think, for you That's guys. 11. Right? Yep, yeah. 11. So, huh. yeah. I, I wish Joe would continue to rotate them. And I said it from the beginning that I thought he should just rotate them through, like, at least up to the GLI, unless somebody, you know, unless somebody had like a 35 save shutout on Friday. Like, I don't see the reason to, or on their night. I don't see a reason not to just 
rotate them because it also kind of felt like last year Blake ran out of steam and, and the more you can split them the better off I think Michigan Tech is long term in in uh, not having that fatigue show at the end of the year and generally speaking Blake was better Friday night than Saturday night last year so um, we'll have to see if Joe changes his mind I wouldn't be surprised if he does because maybe he has a little more um, confidence in an in either goalie getting a win this weekend, and maybe he thought Blake played a good game Friday. Let's see if we can get the sweep instead of splitting. But I think overall it's, it's a better plan to lay it out like he did the two weeks before and just tell the guys, this isn't about your playing. I'm going to split you guys because I think it's what's best for the team and and how to and uh, and gives us an advantage, especially with the different styles you guys play. Who knows what he's thinking and, and how it'll play out or what went into the decision to not split them in Bemidji. I always, you know, when we talk about splitting goalies and, and how it works out, you know, it's it's always fun to point out that Tony Esposito never had the net for both nights on a weekend, right? So, yeah. you know, he split his entire career here and he's the most storied goaltender in arguably in, in Tech's history. So mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with splitting. I was, I see no problem with that. Yeah. Uh, as long as you got two guys that are able to take care of the net, it's not a problem in my mind at all. Yep. And we talked about it, or I talked about it on the CCHA show the other week where the where St. Thomas is splitting, but that one makes a little less sense because the one goalie is doing drastically better on the stat sheet than the other. Um, but I didn't look into it to see like how much that's solely impacted by who played at Mariucci and who played uh minnesota at the x like like that one game can probably (laughs) heavily impact uh not that i guess either goalie necessarily they both kind of gave up a bunch right whereas but one night st thomas scored more so i don't know um like that kind of stuff like it just looks on paper like maybe that's the situation where you're you should be playing them three out of four and see how it goes versus versus blake and max who have relatively similar numbers for how much playing time max has gotten um but yeah i don't know the other thing that that i was surprised by and i talked about this on the ccha show too was uh that going in i thought maybe this would be the weekend that kukinen breaks out because um like last year it seemed like he kind of took off after he was not recognized as a potential national rookie of the year um and i thought maybe like playing against uh, Leighton Rhodes that he would maybe like use some motivation of of that to like turn it around and I don't think he got on the stat sheet at all this weekend did he yeah he seems to be having the stereotypical sophomore slump issue right yeah uh, I don't know if it's like he's definitely you know the as the saying goes I think he's he's gripping the stick too tight like I think he's putting too much on himself not that he's playing bad but he's just not playing i'm sure where he thinks he should be right now um but yeah it definitely is that prototypical sophomore slump that you hear about yeah it is i will say you know the fact that we got to go up there and play you guys this weekend and and he has yet to really have that that signature performance on the season is terrifying (laughs) you know that it's it's gonna happen at some point the guy that's just too talented not to but uh you know yeah it's uh Hopefully, hopefully for our sake, maybe he he takes two more nights to figure it out before he really uh he really cuts loose. Yeah, I hope not. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, in truth, I, I don't either just because for, for the CCHA, it's better if, if you have kids like that, that are performing at their peak, it, it, you know, you want everyone to play as up to their potential. It's more enjoyable for the sport. Yeah, for sure. It's always fun to see, see folks doing what, what they are capable of. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's always, uh, it's always interesting to see that one person I think that is, is really impacted the way kind of performance has turned around. I don't know if we talked about it a lot is Jack works being back in the lineup seems to have a spark when he's on the ice that he's capable of doing now that has helped a lot. Yeah. Uh, you, you really wonder how much not having him for those like games two through seven, right? Is yeah. That the what big, he missed? The, like, the big rivalry style or the big uh, out of conference games where he, yeah, he seems to have someone that just drives the team like he, he, better. He, he he reminds me of a bigger version of Badavanja, Dustin, right? Like he he's just that spark plug that gets the team into the game. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it's just sense. yep, he just finds a way to get the rest of the team to like be invested in the moment and and amp up the energy for everybody, whether whether they're on the ice with him or not. They just he just finds a way to to create that energy for the team and it was sorely missing when he was out injured yeah that makes sense yeah there's no doubt in my mind that he's been a big part of of the team winning the last you know three out of four yeah i don't know Uh, did he get hurt halfway through the second period I, I don't I don't know we don't we don't have the handy ice uh, instat yeah stuff. I don't think instat's up yet take for those games at, yeah do you guys do you have access to instat at Ferris to look at that stuff yeah so so why does it take so long to get the data is it because you guys aren't submitting it to instat in a timely manner or what sorry to know. call you out but I'm not sure honestly okay. I don't I don't do anything with the stat stuff but okay. Cause that we've been really frustrated because like, you know, we're paying triple what we paid last year for this data. And it feels like it's coming in later and later this year. Like we're lucky to have the games in Instat by like Wednesday. And by then it's like too late for us to get something done and out before the next series. And it's like, mm-hmm. I know our fans would enjoy reading it like a week later than it should be, but it's not the same as being able to include it in our previews and actually like rehash what happened before the next series. Like um, it's definitely been a frustration for us that the, that the data isn't there fast enough. And I, last time I checked or last time I talked about it, I think there was still like a Lake state game missing. Oh, really? It's just not there at all. Mm -hmm. I haven't looked to know for sure if it's still true, but it was definitely like, there was like one game missing that's like from two or three weeks ago. Yeah. You'd think a service like that would have enough people complaining about poor service that they would shape it up somehow. Cause it's not just a tech hockey guide that is suffering from lack of data. I mean, everybody that's buys a subscription. Well, is looking if, for that data. If, if most of them, don't care about the ccha the minnesota and the gopher or the minnesota and the michigan games might be there on time you know what i mean like well i, I gotta i have to look on their side of things right if you know you've got x subscribers or x people subscribing to the you know big 10 stuff and you've mm-hmm. got less you're gonna prioritize which ones get done first 
No. But every indication is it's much similar to flow where the problem isn't in sure. It's yeah, the it's team submitting the data. the data in a timely manner. Right. And our that and our stance be. has always been if you're not gonna provide us the the data in a timely manner because the team isn't providing it to you, why don't you find the team and give us a partial refund every time we complain? Because we're not getting anything close to what we paid for. <laughs> Uh, like you can't jack the price up and then give us a worse service. I mean, I know that's how capitalism tends to work, but it, it's not going well right now. Um, not that we need to complain about that again, um, even though I just did. Uh, do you guys use Instat much as a as a team, Brody? I, you know, honestly, I'm not even I'm not even too sure what what all we use it for. But and I'm still pretty new to the whole system obviously so okay but i know one of the things that i like the most that i would not be surprised at all if if coaches use it is the ability to like click on the power play and just watch 12 straight minutes of how michigan tech did their power play last weekend Mm -hmm. and that gives you a great insight into what they're trying to do um and I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the better features that that Ferris that teams are looking at is, okay, how are they structuring their penalty kill? How are they structuring their power play, so we can get an idea of what kind of approach we want to take if we if we have flexibility and how we want to do it. Um, I think that that's one of the more useful things. If I if it got published soon enough and I had more time, free time, that would be what I would be looking at. Um, to try and get a handle on what to expect. Yeah, it's definitely a crazy, crazy amount of data compared to how things used to be, right? So it's uh, it's neat to see it. All right, guys, I do have an early morning, so I think I'm going to hop <laughs> off. That's all right. No, I think that's oh, good. Thanks. We appreciate thanks, Brody. We're pretty appreciate much wrapping up Brody. here. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Enjoy the trip up north. Absolutely. Should be a fun series. Yep. See you soon. Yep. We just need to hear about Tim's tire. Oh, is, yeah. is that pretty much all we got left, left is, is my lovely weekend so. of travel? I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, so everybody on Discord that follows the new engineering channel knows most of this. But uh, this weekend, I guess not all of it. So this weekend, I was supposed to go musky fishing in Detroit Lakes with my daughter with a guide for a trip that I had won at uh, the Musky Inc. banquet that I attended last spring. Um, I was talking to the guide and because his pond had frozen over, he was no longer able to get suckers for fishing. (laughs) Um, and he said fishing has been pretty slow since the Halloween snow that they, we got like that storm had pretty much shut down fish. Um, so we basically agreed that we would postpone my trip until spring and hope that, uh, that that works out and that we can get some fish in late June, early July. Um, so once that happened, I kind of pivoted and I'm like, you know what, we should probably go home so we can get my boat in storage because every year um, for the last four, basically since I got divorced in the last four or five years, I've started storing my boat in my mom's garage. Um, so I, I take a trip home sometime in the fall and then I take a trip back sometime in the spring. It's only a kick. 
a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Are you in the market for insurance? Have your rates for home, auto, boat, or more been increasing way beyond inflation? If so, maybe it's time you spoke with Aaron Piedela and the team at Arcadia Insurance Group, serving Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and more. Who better to serve you than a former Michigan Tech player? For more information, call 866-511-1069 or go to ArcadiaAgency.com. We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access, or commercial-free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. So anyway, this weekend, uh, Friday morning, I'm packing up the boat. I pull the boat trailer out of the garage. I'm trying to get all the stuff out that I don't want to take home, that I don't want to leave at my mom's all winter. And I look down at the, the, the passenger side trailer tire, and it's got a giant bubble the size of my microphone, if you're watching on our <laughs> video on it. And I'm like, there's no way that bubble is going to make it 285 miles to my mom's house. Uh, but I don't have a nice jack. The one that come came with my car is a piece of shit. So I, I was trying to figure out what to do. My, my daughter and I, we went and got food at, at Popeye's to, to get some lunch before we left. I had to take a work call at, uh, at around 1230 to one o'clock. So I decided to drive for most of that call to the fleet farm that's kind of on the way home um in maplewood is i think is the one i stopped at um and i was hoping that they could like do the swap on my trailer quickly because you know they've got the nice pneumatic uh nut driver to get the the uh what the heck why can't i think of the name what they're called because they're not just nuts. nuts But they're lug nuts. The lug nuts off. Like he's got the they've got the impact wrench, all that stuff. Um, and because it was quote unquote outside work, the minimum fee for outside work at Fleet Farm is fifty dollars. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, fifty dollars. I'm gonna go see how much a jack is at Fleet Farm <laughs> before I do that. And I go back to the Fleet Farm, I finally find the jacks, and I'm looking around and I'm like, the jack that I wanna buy is like the the cheapest one that looks like something that I should buy if I'm going to buy one today is 150 bucks. And I'm like, I really don't want to buy this jack under duress. I want to do a little more research. I'm going to go bite the bullet and pay the 50 bucks to have my tire replaced, swapped out by them. So they were like, yeah, we can do it. Uh, so I, they told me where to back up the boat trailer. I backed up the boat trailer while the guy was getting ready to do it. I took my spare off. Uh, to save some time because I just want to get on the road and get home before it's dark. Uh, so I, so we swap it out. He's like, I'm going to be done in two minutes. Why don't you go pay so you can get going? And while I'm in the process of 
getting ready to pay. Like she's printing out the bill and all that stuff. He comes in and he's like, it took me two minutes. I'm not charging you 50 bucks. I'm going to charge you for like, I, I don't know what he did, like a tire rebalance or something. And it was like six bucks. And I'm like, sweet. That makes me feel a lot more comfortable about like, once I get to Nina, I'm going to go to one of the fleet farms and have them get me a new trailer tire. I feel a lot better about giving fleet farm more business when you didn't charge me 50 bucks for a five minute <laughs> job. Right. It's not raining. It's not snowing. It's not that cold. It's not a horrible experience to be doing outside work. Um, so we get that done. We drive home. Everything's good. Um, and then it gets dark when we get to about Stevens Point. You know, like that. We It's five o'clock. It's dark. And it's where that's how far we are. So we got about an hour left on the drive. So somewhere between Stevens Point and Wapaka. I see a car with their light, their flashers on and they're on the side of the road. And I realize like a hundred yards behind them that there is a dead deer on the highway that I do not see until it is 10 feet in front of me. And I run over <laughs> the dead deer. I no one's ever run over anything in your car before though. Weird. That's, I don't know what you're talking about there. <laughs> no. So I run over an entire dead deer. Uh, thankfully it doesn't appear it did any damage <laughs> like there was no as far as i could tell there was no like hair clumped up on like the bottom of the boat trailer which obviously has less clearance than my honda pilot i don't know if i was off to the side enough that the like the one wheel popping over the deer was enough or just whatever so so that happens everything seems fine no not no lights come on like nothing like the car isn't driving funny after that it's all good um, so that's the end of my Friday night travels. I, we survived, we got home, everything's <laughs> fine. So then on Sunday night, we're driving back. We stopped in Wausau to visit a college buddy of mine and his wife and his three kids. My daughter enjoys playing with the youngest. They're about the same age and has a good time. They had a good time playing. Um, we watched the Packer game. That was not fun. Um, and talked a lot about a lot of different things we caught up we haven't really hung out in a while so then we start driving from Mopaka. we stop for uh we stop for gas in abbotsford and then we i stopped to use the bathroom in stanley uh so we're about what an hour and a half from minnesota at that point i believe we get back on the highway from stanley and about three miles down the road all of a sudden i hear a thud and a bang and and then like and i asked my daughter if she's fine she says she's fine we keep going all of a sudden the back right tire uh air pressure light comes on from the tpa ms system <laughs> and then suddenly i can tell that i'm dry driving on a mostly fat tire so i pull over luckily the stand from this perspective luckily this part of the road the highway is the occasionally we'll have an on and off ramp but it's not an actual limited access highway. There's just crossroads. So I happen to be really close to some farmer's driveway slash gravel road to the next farm. So I pull off on that. So I'm not actually on the highway. And um, I start trying to figure, find my like AAA account. Cause I signed up for AAA after uh, the check engine light incident last year. 
and I'm trying to find my account because I didn't do a good job of like ever documenting the paperwork they sent me and I can't figure it out. I tried to, I figured it out finally, like reporting it. And you, and then like after like five minutes or 10 minutes of them not telling me anything, I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to replace the damn thing myself. It's not like they're going to bring me a full size spare anyway. They're just going to use my donut, which is stupid in and of itself that uh, I can't I, I think it's really dumb that an SUV does not come with a full size spare. Uh, but anyway, so I uh, I finally start doing it myself. I'm trying to figure out where the hell the like cable releases to get the stupid tire to come out from underneath the bottom of the car. And then I'm like frustrated as hell because the the system they give you to unscrew it is too short to like twist it 360 degrees because the 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 cover to the compartment where all this stuff is only goes up only goes straight up it can't lay down even if i removed all my baggage right so then i've got my daughter in the back seat leaning over holding up the door so that i don't have to hold it up while i'm trying to ratchet this thing 180 degrees and then turn the thing and do it again it takes forever to get the wheel low enough to get it off and then it takes me like five minutes of engineer brain to like figure out I have to turn the like the block sideways to get it out through the hole that the tires hung on. <laughs> uh, and that's what I do. It's not like I take the block <laughs> off. I have to shove the block through the hole because um, I've never had to do this before. At least like my I think I did it before with my. Uh, with my Chevy Lumina when I was like in college, we used the spare tire, but that was like the old spare where you pulled up the cloth in the trunk and the tire was there, not underneath the car. You just had to unscrew it. You didn't have to do the whole cable thing. So anyway, I finally figured that out. And then I start getting the jack out to do that. And then I, I'm looking at like where I'm supposed to put the jack and none of it makes sense. So I called Dustin and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> it doesn't like it doesn't look like there's any place like the jack doesn't get low enough for me to put it underneath like where the tire attaches to the car where the hell am i supposed to put this and then while i'm talking to him i look at the jack and it's clearly labeled that it says it's supposed to go like in front or behind of whatever tire it, like it's supposed to go somewhere in between the two tires either close to the front or close to the back one because there's like a whole ridge there that's like reinforced. And Dustin tells me as much. I mean, you can say what you talked about. So I'm not talking on the podcast for like 12 minutes straight here. <laughs> well, I mean, my <laughs> participation was pretty limited. I just said, well, I think you should probably put the jack up. If you, you know, in fr front of the tire, there's usually a spot up there the, on a frame or you know, somewhere that is reinforced to, <laughs> support the jack if you can't fit it under the suspension and generally it's not the best idea to jack it up on the suspension anyways because that can yeah. be unstable and you know, cause other issues so that's yeah. about it yeah and i just didn't know because that makes sense um and then i called you again when i got to the gas station because after i got the tire swapped out Mm -hmm. um, with assistance from my daughter holding the flashlight, you know, she, she gets to tell those stories now, holding the flashlight for dad. Right. And it's like, <laughs> point it there, point it there, point it there. I, I'm like, I like after the fact, I'm realizing that I did all those things that that you see all those stories about, like hold the flashlight and point it here. Like 
Like I wanted her to point it at the jack so I could read the thing to make sure I'm turning it the right way. And then I'm like, all right, now point it at the tire so we can tell when the tire can't spin anymore uh, so that I can finish tightening the lug nuts without the tires spinning on me and all that stuff. So like, uh, like I was laughing after the fact about having her hold the flashlight for me and, and telling her where to point it and not the same spot the whole time. So that was fun. But then after we got it changed, the flat, the spare tire isn't inflated enough. So we turn around and we backtrack back to Stanley because I know there's a quick trip there and I know quick trip has free air and I know their, their, their free air machine tells you the pressure. It so does. I don't it's have a to wonderful, find my, wonderful thing. Yep, I don't have to find my pressure gauge. It just does all the work for you. So then I get there. Well, when I started driving to do that, my car is beeping at me because the back tire pressure is zero because the tires in the back of the truck with not attached to the car, but the, like that doesn't change the TPMS system at all. And then it's also yelling at me because the back right tires under inflated that actually is on the car. And I'm slipping because the car is cockeyed with the back right low and the front left high, I'm assuming, or you know something like that. Like the tires aren't gripping like they're supposed to. Uh, yeah. It's probably detecting it was flipping because you had two different sized tires. So yep. one side was spinning faster than the other. Yep. So, and because the, the, the donut was flat, like it's just not doing it right. So then I'm trying to like nurse it to get to the exit that's back like a mile and a half and not get run over by anybody. And I finally get to quick trip and just my luck. There's somebody else there that just got there and needs to inflate all four of their tires. So I got to wait like five minutes. While they do that, and I'm like, geez, I just want to get home. I know I'm going to have to drive slow to get home because you shouldn't drive on the donut like fast. The tire itself said like 50 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't Both go just quite that guidelines. slow. I didn't go quite that slow, but I did go 55 <laughs> pretty much the entire way with my flashers on. So I didn't get run over by somebody not paying attention and trying to give like semis and everybody else a heads up that you're going to run me over please get over ahead of time kind of thing. Um, and we finally got home at 8.30 just in time to relax a little before my daughter needed to get to bed. So, yeah, that was that was fun. The good news is is this morning I took the spare tire or the, the, the real tire, the damaged tire, into Fleet Farm. They fixed it for free because I got my tire there and I did not drive on it enough to damage the sidewall. So happy about that because my tires are... Uh, less than a year old, I believe. I think I bought them last November or December. Oh, that's pretty quick. So to have to go that would have been really crappy to have to replace a tire yeah. already. And I might've had to replace two if I did that and all that crap. So, um, nice that they replaced it for free. Nice that they were able to do it right when I dropped it off. And, uh, I was going to, I asked them if they could put it on. They said, no, uh, not today anyway. And I'm like, well, and they were like, you want to schedule something? And I'm like, well, no, if you can't do it today, I'm probably just going to take it home. You guys need to rotate my tires soon anyway. They do that for free because that's where I got them. Um, so I'm probably going to schedule a rotation here this week to get them rotated. And then if there's anything wrong with the TPMS system because of what happened, which I don't think it is. I think it's fine because I put the real tire back on and it's working. Um, so hopefully that's all good and anything they need to do is fine. And then I went, uh, my neighbor had a nice uh, real floor jack. So I borrowed that 
to get my tire back on at my house and got that done after my one o'clock work meeting today. So that was my day. I haven't spent much time working today. Hopefully none, <laughs> nobody at work listens, but today was just one of those days. Uh, uh Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess that can just be cut content, huh? <laughs> um, one minute remaining in the podcast. Well, anything else you guys want to talk about? No, I think I'm good. Uh, I think All I'm right. good, too. Well, now that we, we covered my entire uh, tire story, at least on one of the two episodes you'll hear this week, we might as well wrap things up. Uh, well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash Guide. Uh, we've got a bunch of different levels at different price points that give you different benefits, um, including extra podcast content, um, a free tech hockey guide patch. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Chasing MacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to, su- to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, or Spotify. Um, we're also out on a bunch of other podcast apps. If you you have a podcast site of your choice and you can't find us, let us know and we can make sure it gets distributed there too. Uh, the more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. You should give us a five-star rating. Uh, Dustin will read the review. And uh, no matter what you leave, um, uh, let's see. Let's get some ratings and see what you guys have to say in your reviews. Uh, once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibke Dental and Rhinelander, Wisconsin, Arcadia Insurance that covers all of the Midwest, including Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan, where most of you are listening from, and Livonia Technical Services. And finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha